Welcome back to Fan Fatales. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Welcome back to Fans Tales, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And this week, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, comic book counterparts of the original Six Avengers and compare them to what happens in the MCU. Yes. And now these are the original Six Avengers in the MCU. We'll get to it. But one of yeah, these members so... is not an original founding member in the comic books. Hmm. Because in the MCU, it's Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Hulk, and six who are you oh (laughs) well no sorry i was like wait there's there's still more i only counted to five and i was like wait there's still more because there's six i was like wait but what about tony (laughs) oh geez i can count to six (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's gonna be one of those nights um because it's oh, yeah. Black Widow, Hawkeye, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, and uh, Iron Man. Yes. And now I was like, Tony Stark. These, one of those six is pretty much the exact same as his counter book, um, comic book counterpart. And then hmm. the rest are, like, kind of changed. I know Hawkeye has changed a lot. Yeah. And a lot of these, for when they've changed it, it's come from Pym. Like, Hank Pym from Ant-Man. Like, the OG Ant-Man. There was, like, two or three of them that all had to do with him. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, let's... Interesting character for them to, like, just wait on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's... Yeah, this is interesting. Let's dive into this, because I am... Curious, because this first one is one of my favorites. Yeah, I so love how you started were, with him. Well, because he had the first comic book appearance of any of them in 1941. This is true. So, I I figured we'd start with the first Avenger, Mister Captain America. Yeah. One of my faves. We love this boy. Yes. Now I have okay. I now I have the Captain America song stuck in my head. The, the Star Spangled Man with a plan. Da, 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 da. That one? Yeah. The who's strong yeah. and brave there to save the American way. Yeah. Yeah. Every bond you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my brain. Okay. Um, so... We got our information from the article, uh, 10 Biggest Differences Between Captain America in the Movies and the Comics by uh, Screen Rant Captain. Which, let me tell you, 
all of these are from Screen Rant because they made one for each Avenger. Amazing. Thank you, Screen Rant, for making our lives easier. Thank you. Though some of them had 15 and some of them had 10. We're only That's doing okay. about 10 for each one. That's totally fair. Um, so we figured we were going to start, right, like Emma mentioned, because he's, you know, the first Avenger. We got to start with him. Yeah. Um, and his first comic book appearance was in Captain America Comics number one in 1941. Yes. So the first one, which like hurts my soul I just know. a little bit. I know. It kind of hurts my like, soul a little bit too, especially for well, you. Right? Like, I know I know that this is how it was, but, like, uh, it just hurts me just a little bit inside. So, um, the first one is that, you know, Cap was only just, like, partners with Bucky. Like, Steve and Bucky didn't grow up together. They were just, like, they just met and they started working together like two yeah. co-workers. Didn't grow up together, nothing. To the point and, where Bucky was his teen sidekick, almost like a Robin and Batman. Yeah. Which, like, when did Batman start? Probably after this. Let me see. 1939 is when um, Batman's first appearance was. Wow. Now when was Robin's first appearance? That's the true question. Okay. He first appeared in 1940. Dang it. In the comic books. So they were taking a page out of old Batman. Yep. Interesting. Also, if you ever see, like, this era of Bucky, he absolutely looks like the teen sidekick. Like, (laughs) he really does. Interesting. Also, I'm pretty sure in the comics, Bucky is not the Winter Soldier. No, I don't believe so. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Let's Google it. Was Bucky the Winter Soldier in the comics? That's another thing in the notes. I don't remember everything that's not the one. Bucky's first appearance was in Captain America Comic 1. Oh, wow. Yep. So he was there from the beginning, too. But, again, Dick Grayson as Robin was 1940. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. He was the Winter Soldier in the original comics. Yes. Let's be honest. That's why everybody who loves Bucky loves Bucky. Is it why you like Bucky? Is part of it. It's a big part of it. Yeah. Also, his full name just brings me joy. James Buchanan Barnes. Yeah. Like, I would name my child that. Zach. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We got a lot to get through, so we can't be too hung up on book. My, my boy. Uh-huh. Love him. So, the next one we have here is that uh, he never became a nomad. 
Um, So, though Captain America relinquishes his shield at the end of Captain America's Civil War, he never goes so far as to become Nomad. Oh, did I say a nomad? I meant nomad, not yeah. Uh, they, like it's a, a character. Name. Yes, like he did in the comics. Yes, that's what I meant. I I can read. And when he took down like the being Captain America and became nomad, that is when Sam Wilson come er. Oh, in his place, another Captain America steps and fights alongside Sam Wilson. But it doesn't go well, and Steve comes back and retakes the mantle. Hmm. So this is like this is like John Walker yeah. trying to be friends with Bucky and Sam. Yeah. And this was um for a few issues between Captain America issue number one eighty through one eighty four. Which is not a long time. No. But I mean, no. how often were these coming out? Because if they were bi weekly, that's about two months. Yeah, I guess you're right. And, like, real-world time. Yeah. But, like, in the movies, right, he gives his shield to Sam, right? Not at the end of Civil War. Oh, at the end of... Oh! You're right, it's not till the end of Infinity War. Yeah. Because he's talking about getting rid of the shield during Civil War, because then Tony brings him the shield and is like, Come on back in the fight during Infinity Interesting. War. Do you remember that? Yes, now I do. Okay. It's been a long time. Okay, I have I have I know. I haven't watched them all in a long time. I need to do a summer summer watch this year. Yeah. Do a new one every every few days. So the next one is that in the MCU, uh, Captain America never took down the president. And this happens in Secret Empire, a shocking storyline that represents some of the best Captain America comic issues of the 1970s. And in this storyline, Captain America uncovers a vast government conspiracy that leads all the way to the White House with the president, who is never named or completely seen, being the cloaked figure behind the insidious plot to destroy freedom. So the next one is Cap in the MCU didn't die fighting Thanos. Um, So as we know, he was one of the Avengers to survive the snap in the MCU. And in the comics, that was true, but he didn't exactly survive Thanos himself. So in the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries from the 90s that inspired the MCU, Thanos kills Captain America in their first battle. Yeah. Which is, which is, that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Because he's like the main force in the MCU Infinity War. Yeah, it, it's interesting to think about how, like, how different these comic books are. Right? Like, I can't imagine Infinity War without him, right? Especially, like, once they all start coming back through the little yeah. bubbles that Doctor Strange makes, and he does the, Avengers, assemble. And it's like, ah! Yeah. That's like, everybody started screaming in the movie theater. It's, like, iconic. Yeah. So, I don't know, it was one of those things where you just like, what? Um, next is, in the comics, he was part of the Invaders. One major part of Captain America's comic book history in the, the MCU has yet to adapt is the Invaders. And this is mostly because of some of the members of the World War II era 
superhero team like uh, Namor and the Human Torch haven't been available to the MCU until recently. So uh, Captain America joined forces with the original Human Torch and Namor during World War II, which we kind of get like the allusion to them um, when they go to um, invade like the base where yeah. the Hydra base where all of the soldiers mm-hmm. are, right? Like with him, like there's yeah. a little bit of an allusion to it, but it's not like it's not even the same. Can we talk about how two of those characters have been played by Chris Evans? What, Human Torch and Captain America? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw an interview he did after, like, he was done being Captain America, and they were like, would you ever do it again? And he goes, yeah, I'd probably do another Marvel movie. And they said, really, as Captain America? He goes, no, only as the Human Torch. I see that. And everybody goes, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, I forgot that was you. But here's the thing. The X-Men are now canon in the MCU because of Deadpool. Exactly. So, hear me out. And then, this, whatever, I forget the name, the multiverse saga in the comic books leads to a huge fight that combines forces with the Mm X-Men, the Avengers, and, oh, what's the other group? Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me out. I think we need that movie. And I want there to be a scene with Captain America. uh, Chris Evans is Captain America and Chris Evans is the Human Torch and they do the Spider-Man meme. They would. They would. They would totally do it. I mean, they did the Spider-Man meme. They literally did the Spider-Man meme in the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. Anyway... That's what I need in my life. Um, Cap was never a secret Hydra agent, and he was in the comics. So um, here's the deal. There's a lot of important versions of Captain America in the Marvel comics that could eventually appear in the MCU, especially now that we have, like, such vast access to the multiverse Uh um, and that, like, people just living there from different universes just works. I don't know, like, Gamora in the new Guardians movie, which is really good. Uh Um, But... Um, one of the versions that we haven't seen is um, actually a secret Hydra agent going back to World War II who then turned on America and overthrew the government. So this was a major twist from the secret Empire crossover of the 2010s and was very controversial with fans and is unlikely to inspire a direct adaptation in the MCU but did get a subtle reference in Avengers Endgame when Captain America whispered Hail Hydra to confuse the Hydra agents. Yeah. Which, it's a little bit of a stretch, but sure. Yeah. So, the next one is, um, in the comics, he was only frozen for about 20 years. Versus in the movies, when he was frozen for like 80 years. Literally from 45 to 2011. Yeah, a lot longer. So... Um, in the comics, he was only frozen for 20 years, thought out in the early 60s, and joined the Avengers in Avengers 4. Um, but, you know, they had to set the Avengers in, like, present day, so 2011. Yeah. That's a long time. Um, let's see. Next, 
is uh, in the comics, he did have a relationship with Sharon Carter. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah. We all know how we feel about that one. Um, so in the MCU, Captain America and Sharon Carter have a brief romantic moment, but ultimately he, his heart lies with Peggy, duh. Yeah. And then she dies, and it's like, oh, sad. Yeah. Spoilers for the MCU, BT Doves. I don't know, that movie's so old. Yeah, it really I don't is. know. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen... Uh, what movie was that? It was... Uh, Civil War. If you haven't seen Civil War yet, that's on you. Endgame came out, like, five years ago. Yeah. If they haven't seen Civil War by now... And you're listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, in the Marvel comics, uh, Steve and Sharon have a much more involved and uh, sustained relationship. Comic book fans know that Sharon Carter is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and has been one of Captain America's closest allies and friends throughout most of his comic history. Um, the MCU version has gone in very different directions, with Sharon being revealed as the power broker, which she was in the uh, series. Yeah. Which was like, yes! <laughs> so, next! Um, in the comics, his shield is a different material. In the MCU, we know the iconic shield is made out of vibranium, hardest substance known on Earth. In the comics, it's made out of adamantium, another incredibly durable metal. And comic book fans know adamantium as Wolverine's claws and skeleton are coated in adamantium. Yes. Um, the MCU chose vibranium because, you know, rights and Wolverine and adamantium were, like, already owned by... Who who did the X-Men? So, no, not Sony. Maybe Sony? Fox? Someone. 20th Century Fox, I think. Yeah, 20th Century Fox. So they owned the rights to Wolverine and adamantium. Um, but now that they've been acquired by Disney, everybody, Disney owns them all. 20th Century Fox. Yep. But now Disney owns everything. Except for Spider-Man. Except for spider Well, they have partial rights to Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, last one is, uh, in the comics... Steve never went back for Peggy, which is how it should have been. I stand by this. Because Steve Rogers would never. Yeah. Like, right? They had, they had their love in the comics, um, but their love never had, like, the same weight as it does in the MCU. Right? In the MCU, it's, like, intense. It's, like, palpable in the first movie. And... You know, in the comics, he never went back in time to be with her. Um, and never really struggled to move on as much as he did in the MCU. Even though Peggy has since become a more prominent figure in the comics, for many years she was mostly an afterthought. Sounds like Batgirl in the original Batman comics. Yeah, probably. I mean, think about it. This is a time when, like, it was all about... The superhero yeah. and the damsel in distress was just on the side. And, My you know, through the MCU. That girl's first ever backstory on how she became Batgirl. It's the stupidest thing to me, but I find it so funny. 
Yeah, so, like... She goes to a costume party, like a Halloween costume party, just as Batman. And the villains that are taking over the party think she's Batman. And fight her. Which is That's so dumb. <laughs> but, like, you know, in the MCU, Peggy was much more of, like, a strong <laughs> female character. Yeah. And hence why she is one of my favorites to this day. But yeah, like he never went back for her in the comics, which is what she deserved, honestly, after the series. Like, we everybody knows she ended up with Daniel Swooza. Like, yeah. Like, come on. And then he goes back and it's like he would never. Steve Rogers would never. Yeah. He would never do that to her. So anyway, those are my thoughts. So our next one is Iron Man, of course, because we, we had to do the first two in the MCU. AKA, AKA Tony Stark. Yeah, AKA Tony Stark. Um, and again, this is from Screen Rant, but this is 15 biggest differences between Iron Man in the movies and the comics. We're only going to do about 10 of them. I will say, throughout this whole thing, um, including the other male characters we're going to get to, a lot of it has to do with their relationship with the women they're with. Interesting. Changes, which I found interesting. Like this first one, where his relationship with Pepper Potts is completely different in the comics. So, like, we know their love story. Like, they, they married um, with a child, and then he sacrifices Yeah, Morgan. Dies. Yeah, with Morgan. But in the comic books, not only were Tony Stark and Pepper Potts never meant to be, but Stark had bigger and better relationships with other women throughout his history in the comic books. As for Pepper, she actually married Tony Stark's best friend, Happy Hogan, although they ended up divorced. Eventually, um, they reconciled, but then he died during the Civil War storyline. No. <laughs> no, I don't like it. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Happy and Aunt May are supposed to be together. Okay. Also, I Go will ahead. say, a lot of these for Iron Man have to do with his relationship with family members as well. There's about two of them. Like this next one. He has a brother in the comic books. So, of course we know him as the only child and therefore the sole owner as Stark International um, in the MCU. However, in the comic books he had a brother and it was all due to Howard Stark's manipulations of his son and family. Maria Stark had pregnancy complications and Howard wanted to ensure he had a child, so he sought help from an alien race. The baby was born thanks to the alien's help, um, but his health degenerated, and the Starks hid the child at the Maria Stark Foundation Hospice. They adopted a different child to cover it up in Tony Stark. Decades later, Tony learned about his brother Arno, and the two attempted to build a relationship which all failed when Arno attempted a robot revolution and had his brother him. 
first of all, what kind of name is Arno? <laughs> I don't know. That's my first question. What? The second question is, why? I don't know. Just why? I don't know. Okay. So this next one was hinted at just yes. then. Being Tony was adopted by Maria and Howard Stark in the comics. Um, uh-huh. Howard Stark's comics character completely changed. Um, Tony still grew up with the high intelligence, but it changed his dynamic with the parents. Other changes included the Winter Soldier not killing Maria or Howard in the comics, and Howard selling his soul to Mephisto for success. I feel like the comics are much more interesting. Yeah. Like like the MCU is, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the MCU is bad, because I'm not. The MCU is fantastic. But it's it's much more, like, realistic. Yeah. I don't know, like, they make it seem a little, I say realistic for movies about alien invasions, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, of Like, course, they're rooted in reality a little more. Mephisto is a demon who yes. is, um, has a lot to do with WandaVision. Yeah. Um, like, people, th- or not WandaVision, but with the Scarlet Witch. And people thought yeah. he was going to be in WandaVision. That's the, who they thought the, like, ma- main bad was going to be. Yeah. But, like, it still could be. You know, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, we, we don't. I think it is, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, the bunny, the bunny. The bunny. You can't forget about the bunny at the end. Exactly. So. So this next one is that Tony Stark led S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. In the MCU, yeah. like... Until, like, Civil War, he was very, like, against authority and then, like, quickly sided with the U.S. government and the Superhero Registration Act. But when he took the side of the registration side in the comics, no one was surprised. He was always highly unlikable in the comics, and taking the side of the government over his own friends wasn't that surprising. When Civil War ended... Tony Stark even took over as the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D., a position of power he held until Norman Osborn took over after Secret Invasion, and Secret Invasion is actually what we're heading toward in this next Mm, MCU line. Actually, that's one of the movies coming out is literally named Secret Invasion. Ooh, fun. Okay, I'm 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 stoked. I'm down. I think it comes out in like 2026, 2028, like something like Okay, We're still like we got some years. Four years out. Yeah. No no worries. Yeah. Did you just say that's in four years? Three or four years, yeah. 2026. That feels like so far away. Hold on. Let me check the release date. Oh, of course that has to do with the scrolls. Of course. Of course it does. Oh, it's a TV series. It's not a movie. Oh. When does it come out? It might come out earlier, now that I realize what it is. Oh, we have a trailer for it, so I'm going to assume it comes out next year. Or late this oh, year. Oh, okay. But, 
the MCU version is in Secret Invasion, Fury learns that of a invasion of Earth by a faction of shapeshifting scrolls. Fury joins his allies, including Everett Ross, Maria Hill, and the scroll at Talos, who has made a life for himself on Earth. And together they race against time to thwart the invasion and save humanity. That's cool. Yeah. So Samuel L. Jackson will be the lead. Yeah. Because they already showed that he's still alive in... Yeah. uh, Yeah. So this next one is pretty big. I'd say. Yeah. Being that Tony kept his identity a secret in the comic books. Of, for a long time. For a long time. Um, at the end of the first Iron Man movie, of course, Tony reveals that he was Iron Man with his secret identity and on the spot. And from his beginning of his career as Iron Man, the public knew who he was behind the mask. Yeah. However, in the comics, he kept a secret for many years, telling the public that Iron Man was his personal security and a bodyguard. He didn't even tell the Avengers he was Tony Stark and said that Stark was just their benefactor. In later years, he revealed his identity, but for a very long time, no one knew Tony was Iron Man. Which, honestly, I think could have solved a lot of problems for MCU Tony. And Spider-Man! Yeah. Mysterio would not have been a problem for Tom Holland. For Peter. Yeah. Spidey. Yeah. Agreed. Jarvis was just a butler in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, of course... Howard Stark's butler. He was also in the Agent Carter series, just saying. He was Tony Stark's butler in the comics and a butler at Avengers Mansion for many years and took care of the team members there. But in the MCU, he's Howard Stark's butler and then the AI name. Hmm. So he was the Alfred to the Avengers. Sorry for all the Batman references in this episode, guys. But, like, early 30s superhero. Yeah. Also, really quick, in Agent Carter, Jarvis and his wife, Mrs. Jarvis, are the cutest. Yeah. And Mrs. Jarvis is, like, a costuming wizard, and I love it. Anyway. Next. So, remember when I mentioned how um, Hank Pym was going to be mentioned a couple times throughout this episode? Yeah. Here's his first mention. Tony Stark didn't create Ultron. Hank did. And it was for the same mm-hmm. reason that Tony and Bruce did in the MCU, which was the hope that it would be a first line of defense against threats to Earth, but then Ultron became the biggest threat to Earth. Um or thought that the biggest threat was humans and set out to kill them all. Um, and it's basically the same thing, but with Hank Pym instead. Mm-hmm. I'll mention the other one later, because I know that I, mi- I think I mentioned the other part of that. Yeah, I do. Wait. 
Does that mean you're telling me that in the comics, Ultron is also James Spader? I'm kidding. We've already kind of touched on this. Um, Tony Stark's dating life is different in the comics and the MCU, with Pepper Potts and Iron Man never being together in the comics. And in fact, um, in the last two years of comic books alone, from this article, I forget when it was released, I think it was this year, he had dated both the Wasp and Patsy Walker's Hellcat. I have no idea who Hellcat is, but I know who the Wasp is. Hope would never. Yeah. This next one is just called Demon in a Bottle. I'm gonna read it. In Iron Man 2, the MCU almost went in the direction of one of Iron Man's best comics, but it kept from really pushing Tony Stark over the edge. This is the Demon in a Bottle story arc and it had Tony battling his addiction issues rather than a supervillain. Wow. Um, this was a huge part of Tony's life in the comics. His battle with addiction cost him his company and forced him to quit as Iron Man for a really long time. Even in the 2021 comics, Tony is still coping with these issues, and this is something he's really never faced in the movies before. I'm sure it has a lot to do with um, Robert Downey Jr.'s past. Yeah. Before being Iron Man. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like they kind of allude to it in the second Iron Man a little bit. Same. But it's not nearly as prevalent. It's just like, and like, you know. Yeah. They allude to it every now and then he gets kind of over the edge, yeah. you know. But it's never like the main storyline. Yeah. Um, Iron Man was almost a villain in the comics Civil War. First, what are you talking about? He was a villain in the movie too. I agree, but yeah, he did a lot more worse things during Civil War in the comic books, including creating a prison in the Negative Zone and locked up anyone who wouldn't sign on the superhero. Um, the Accords. The Accords. Um, he used Thor's DNA to create a clone that killed Goliath, um, one of the other heroes. Mm -hmm. And in the end, Iron Man got Captain America killed and then realized it wasn't worth it. Oh my god. <laughs> After all that, you're like, actually, forget it. Yeah. Really? I mean, he also kind of, I mean, he didn't create... The floating prison, but like, yeah, he put them all there. Interesting. Anyway, I never liked Tony in the first place. Yeah, now the character that's most like his original comic book counterpart, because you really can't mess up this character. You really can't. <laughs> it's interesting. We're doing. The most like it, and then the least like it next in a row. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I I'm did glad this I got on this purpose. One. I did this on purpose. I'm glad I got this one. It's short. Okay, so um, this one, it's, 
is uh, everybody's favorite green guy, Smash. the Hulk. Smash. <laughs> yeah. So we got our information from the article on Screen Rant called uh, The Avengers, How 15 Movie Heroes Compare to the Comics. Because he and doesn't so- change enough to have, uh, like, biggest differences between blank character in the movies and the comics. Yep. Because his differences are very small. And it's literally and, how his origin is. Yeah. And just, just I just want to say, Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner. Yeah. Like, minus all the science-y stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so, in the comic version of Hulk, um, they line up more with Ang Lee's adaptation, where Bruce Banner gets exposed to an experimental gamma bomb while saving a young man from the blast. Um, the MCU uh, continuity makes the exposure more intentional and ties it to the super soldier program that birthed Captain America. And once again, this takes bits from the ultimate version of Hulk who injected himself with an experimental offshoot of the super soldier serum while maintaining the original connection to gamma radiation. Yes. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 you know, one is slightly more heroic than the other. Yeah. But that's about it. The movies don't really deviate a whole lot. Um, they do wave with the idea of Banner randomly hulking out and having him more in control of his powers as, like, they go on. Um, particularly in Ragnarok. Yeah. That's when he, that's when he, like, really controls Hulk. Um, but, you know, this happens plenty of times in the comics where Banner can really, like, control it. And, and it's like, to the point where Smart Hulk is even a thing in the comics. Like, from the yeah. game Smart Hulk. Yes! I, Smart Hulk was also, well, kinda. Yeah. I was gonna say he was also in Ragnarok, but no, he was definitely more in... Yeah. Endgame. Yeah. I do love, I do love when they're at the restaurant and all the kids come up and they're all, excuse us, Mr. Hulk? Yeah. That's so cute. But yeah, other than that, it's pretty much the same. I mean, you can't really mess up big green guy. Yeah. He's everybody's favorite lovable giant. Although, which is better? Hulk or the green giant? (laughs) That was a terrible joke. So, we're going to talk about Mr. Hawkeye. Mr. Katniss Everdeen. No. Uh, No. Clint Barton. Clint Barton. Jeremy Renner. Yes. Which... I love how he's acting after everything that happened to him recently, where he's just like literally everyone like making such a big deal over me, and I'm like because you almost died. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I saw him on like some talk show, and he was like, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, how are you?" And he's like, "I don't know. I'm I'm retired. I don't know." He's like, "I'm fine." Yeah. And they're all, but but, and he's like, "Oh that eh." Man. But anyway, so so remember when I mentioned Hank Pym earlier? Oh, here we go. Here's the other mention. So now I think it's only two. So, in the movies, Hawkeye is a founding member of the Avengers, um, and this is because the MCU had him as a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the Avengers formed, which meant that he and Black Widow were like automatically on the team representing Nick Fury. 
Mm-hmm. But in the comics, instead it was Ant-Man and Wasp who were founding members. So Hank Pym oh. and his wife. Um, and it wasn't until every original member quit the Avengers at the same time that things changed. Captain America was the last Avenger standing, and he brought in a new team, which included Hawkeye. Interesting. In the movie, as far as it has been shown, S.H.I.E.L.D. made Hawkeye what he is, a master archer, super spy, and master espionage. However, in the comics, it was a pair of villains who made Hawkeye who he is today. The swordsman thought Hawkeye everything... Taught Hawkeye everything he ever needed to know about hand-to-hand combat and his skills with various weapons. As for his skills with the bow and arrows, he learned that all from a villain known as Trickshot. And both of these men ended up as two of Hawkeye's deadliest villains. Interesting. Which is interesting as someone who knows a little too much, again, about DC, because there's an archer that is very similar to that in DC. Hmm. And it's my girl Artemis Croc, who is a in at least the TV series, I don't know about the comics, a founding Young Justice member, which was like the sidekicks version of Justice League. It's like the Young Avengers. It's almost as if uh, at this period of time, everybody was borrowing storylines from each other. Yep. But she's and all the, the comic books were villain. almost the same. She's a daughter of a villain, and her older sister is a villain as well. And they're two of her That's biggest fair. ones. So not exactly, but he did like almost like... Um, Thanos with Nebula and Gamora, like, pin them against each yeah. other to train them. It's not exactly that. Um, Hawkeye was originally a criminal. Again, as we mentioned um, earlier, the second version yeah. of the Avengers in the comics saw Captain America bring in some more questionable members. Joining the team was Hawkeye, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. And this was controversial because all four of these heroes had formerly been villains. However, Hawkeye never wanted to be a villain, and it was only because of a misunderstanding that he became a villain to Iron Man for a very short time. And eventually, he turned things around and joined the Avengers. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, like, we still see the Scarlet Witch villain arc, but it's kind of backwards. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. So there's about there's two of them that are about this. Uh, three of of them that are kind of about this next one, which is Hawkeye is not a family man in the comics. Um, which is so sad because I love the family man Hawkeye. Yeah, his wife and three kids do not exist in the comics. Um, but this was something that was pulled. From the Ultimates as well, because the Ultimates are very big with the MCU, I guess. Um, in the comic, Hawkeye did get married, but it wasn't anything that led to, like, a family. And then, hmm. also, he had married a fellow um, Avengers member named Mockingbird. Um, yeah. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans remember Mockingbird as Bobby Moore, or Morse. In the comics, Hawkeye not only married her, but moved to California with um, her when they started the West Coast Avengers. That's cool. Yeah. 
The ultimate Marvel version of Black Widow betrayed Hawkeye. In the MCU, Black Widow gave her life to save the world and showed how she cared about Hawkeye, but in the ultimate Marvel comics, Black Widow was a traitor and murdered Hawkeye's wife and kids before he killed her in the end. I hate that. Same. I hate it. Same. And then this is the last one that's kind of like family related with the MCU. Okay. Which is his role as Ronan is very different between MCU and the comics. Hmm. In the okay. MCU, of course, we know Hawkeye survived the snap as the only living member of his family, which took him, um, which led him to take on the role of Ronan and set out to murder every member of the criminal underworld um, he could because he didn't feel like they belonged in the world if his wife and kids didn't. However, in the comics, Hawkeye actually died in the comics when Scarlet Witch created a fake invasion after learning her children had been taken away from her. When he returned, there was already a new Hawkeye in Kate Bishop, so he took on the role of Ronan instead. What? Yeah. So he died and then was resurrected? Yes. What? Comic book fake out deaths. Okay. Uh, I'm going to switch the order again. Um, the next one I'm going to do is Hawkeye did not train Kate Bishop as, at first. Of course, like, in, in the MCU, we know he, like, met her and is, like, kind of training her a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. In the comics, she became Hawkeye when she joined up with the Young Avengers and ended up being self-trained, um alongside other teenage heroes and was already an established hero before she even met Clint. Hmm. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, sure. So, in the comics, he's a lot more rebellious than he is in the MCU. In the MCU, of course, he's a government agent working for S.H.I.E.L.D., so, like, doesn't really have time to be rebellious. Yeah. Um, and this was similar to his origin story in the Ultimate Marvel Universe, but in the traditional mainstream of the um, Marvel Comics universe, he is a very rebellious and arrogant hero. And the only- A la Tony Stark. Yeah. Oh, they literally change completely because Tony is the more serious one and Hawkeye is the more rebellious one and they just like give them Flipped both him. the other's personalities. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh. What? Sorry, the next bullet point I read ahead. Um, there was only one person that he looked up to, and that was Captain America. However, that also took time for him to come around, and for the longest time, he didn't like taking orders from anyone and was a bit of a loose cannon, the opposite of his character in the movies. Totally. Hawkeye was on Iron Man's side after Civil War. In the MCU, um, Hawkeye joined up with Captain America during the Civil War storyline and paid for it. He ended up on house arrest and was on the outs with Iron Man for a long time as a result of this. However, in the comics, Hawkeye um, 
was still dead during the Civil War storyline. And then Scarlet Witch ended up resurrecting him and Iron Man found him and offered him a unique opportunity. He made Hawkeye the new Captain America. This didn't last because when Iron Man tried to arrest Kate Bishop, Clint quit and joined the Resistance as Ronan. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess to go a little bit with the rebellious one, and to close this out, Hawkeye has a great sense of humor. Like, in the MCU, again, he's the most serious member of the original group, for the most part. Um, Mm -hmm. With Black Widow even showing more of a sense of humor than Hawkeye. Um, However, in the comic books, he's always cracking jokes and loves to, like, mess around with his fellow heroes. Um, he is not as obnoxious as Spider-Man on that front, but is a lot more entertaining than he is in the MCU. Yep. This, this I believe, um, from the few comic sections that I've seen. Also, we're missing one gigantic one for him. What? In the comics, Clint's death. Yeah. That wasn't even and in I the article. That- I know, and I know they pulled on it in, um, I think, in, in the series, right? Yeah, and that's like, because they Echo, made it... who is one of his biggest ones, was played by a deaf performer, and actually, spoiler alert for Phantom News, we finally got a release date for her show, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, so, like, but in the in the comics... It's like a running thing. Like it from from the beginning, it's like noted yeah. that he's deaf and like there are jokes like in the series where they're talking to him and he doesn't have his hearing aid in and he's just like dee, 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 running around like doing stuff completely ignoring everybody. <laughs> and like that. the crossover the crossover one with Deadpool, like Deadpool lifts his mask and like live reads and signs with him and it's so cool. Like I think that's a huge one. Yeah. There are so many great, great instances of, uh, like, of Clint being, like, comic, like, he, he, he purposefully does stuff to, like, ignore other people, like, they'll be talking on comms, and he's like, I don't want to hear it, and he takes his hearing aid off, and he's like, eh, and like, like, does stuff like that, and they're like, Clint, 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 god damn it, you know, like, It's very, it's, it's, it's good. It's done well. Mm -hmm. And it's done in a tasteful way, I believe. Yeah. As, as someone who, I, I mean, I can't speak for the deaf community as I am not part of it. However, I spent a long time studying ASL and all of that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. Next up, we got the girl herself. (laughs) <laughs> yes the poser herself good good joke good joke high five that was a good one well we're gonna okay. talk about it um we're gonna talk about Elena a little bit in here so i had to make a Elena joke great um so obviously we're talking about the black widow <laughs> um so this one came from 10 Things About Black Widow, the MCU changed from the comics on Game Rant. Which is owned subsidiary by the same of Screen Rant. Of Screen yeah. Rant. I don't know why Game Rant chose to write this article, but sure. Anyway. So um, throughout the comics, Black Widow 
has superhuman abilities. She has superpowers. Mm-hmm. But in, in MCU, she's just really good at fighting. Yeah. Um, so in the comics, um, we've seen her have anti-aging medical implant that allows her to appear and act young and vital for decades. Um, through biomedical upgrades, she has also had super speed, though not nearly on the level of Quicksilver, um, enhanced healing resistance, durability, and reflexes, as well as a handful of other powers and abilities. Which, I mean, if you were to tell me that they gave the widows, like, some sort of super serum, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Which, I mean, didn't they, in the in the movie, didn't they, like, something like that? Or they were trying to give them super serum? Not super serum. It was something that, like... What was it? Messed with their brain to, like, make them killing machines. Like mind control. Yeah, like mind controlled. Yeah, okay, It was almost right. like the chips I, and the clones. Yeah, yeah, okay. How many references can I make to other media in this episode? <laughs> So far, read a lot. I mean, it's mostly good Batman. Yeah, and DC. DC in general, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one is, sometimes in the comics, she's a villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, in the, in the MCU, she's like, she's got a shady past. Like, we know she's been <laughs> kind of not always a good guy. In, in the MCU, um, but in the comics, it was actually very different, and she was originally introduced as the antagonist, or an antagonist for Iron Man. Um, so the comic version of Black Widow has a list of crimes long enough for her to stand proudly alongside any self-respecting supervillain. Um, some of the worst things she's done on the, in the comics include multiple attempts to kill the Avengers, killing of her own brother, and in one chilling edition of Ultimate Marvel Comics, murdering Hawkeye's entire family, as we'd mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Black Widow has had romances with more than just the Hulk in the comics. So, um, she has had love affairs in the comics with several of the highest profile superheroes in the universe of Marvel. Though, strictly a platonic fl- friendship in the films, and that made sorry... Yes, with the other heroes, like the Avengers, very strict, platonic. She's like, you are my brother. Gross, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But in the comics, Black Widow's first meeting with Hawkeye showed that they had a clear attraction to each other. And uh, Romanoff's also had romantic stints with Iron Man, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Captain America, and more. Spider-Man! I also saw that and went, ah! Hmm. I'm gonna hope it's in the later ones where he's in college. I'm gonna assume that. Also, when we first meet Natasha and Clint in the MCU, there very much is that, like, tension. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's another one that's kind of interesting about her for me, and we're getting close to it. Okay. That's not the one. Maybe. I don't know. This one? No. The one below it. Hmm. Okay. So, the next one we have is that there's more than just one Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Black Widow, that title has been held, excluding alternate universes, by three people. 
Natasha Romanoff is, of course, the most famous, but the name has also been held by Claire Voyant and Yelena Belova. Yes. Um, so Claire Voyant's Black Widow was a medium, also known as Satan's ambassador. She fought those who did evil as a way to gather their spirits for the devil. And Yelena Belova, meanwhile, had a similar Russian spy background to Black Widow. Um, most are familiar. To the Black Widow, most are familiar Thank with. you. To the Black Widow, most are familiar with. And uh, she actually started out as an enemy of Natasha Romanoff, who at the time was known as Natasha Romanova. And then uh, she later became part of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, similar-ish, not really. She exists, but in a very different fashion. Yeah. I don't know, I think I kind of... I'm partial to the MCU ones, though. I, I love the story that they made between the two of them. Same. It's so good. So, they changed another, another character it, from Black Widow from her original comic book relationship, which we'll get to at some point. Okay. That's ominous. It's a pretty big change. Okay. Um, so, in the comics, she didn't die for an Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the no- most notable death of Black Widow came in the Secret Empire event. Um, increasingly, in no- increasingly, Jesus, I can read today. Interestingly enough, in this story, Black Widow's death came from none other than Captain America, who at the time was working as an agent for the evil organization known as Hydra. Speaking of Hydra... <laughs> Speaking of Hydra, <laughs> Black Widow and the Winter Soldier have a very special history, which I am here for. Um, so I've read enough as both characters are Avengers fanfics where they're like kind of a couple to be on board with this. I don't mind. I don't either. And then they become Mama and Papa Spider to um, Peter and them. Like, yes, really Tony cute. is Iron Dad, but, like, Yelena is, or not Yelena, Natasha is Mama Spider, because she's Black Widow. That's adorable. Yeah. So, um, as both characters are assassin trained, trained and brainwashed in Russia, um, the fact that they know each other does totally make sense. Especially when you remember her anti-aging ability means, in the comics, she is far closer in age to Bards and Rogers than her movie version. Mm-hmm. In the comics, the two have known each other since Black Widow's initial training and worked together as assassins, assassin agents of the KGB. Um, they even have a romance that ends after it's discovered by their superiors, resulting in yet another brainwashing for Natasha, which is like, yeah. they kind of allude to it because in the fight in, uh, in um, Winter Soldier, when she is doing the thing where she jumps up on him and she like circles around his head with her legs and she does that cool like spin move thing. She even says, um, what, you don't remember me? Yeah. Which everybody's like, well, obviously it's the fight on the bridge. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. Now I'm going to preface this. Remember when we mentioned her at the time she was known as this name? Yes. It has to do with this next bullet point. Which makes sense. Natasha so, um, Romanova. Yeah. 
there is a possibility. People have, uh, it's been alluded. She has stated it, but of course, she's a spy and has known to bend the truth. So we don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a possibility she could be a descendant of the Romanov family. Yeah. So, uh, like you know, as Emma just mentioned. Romanov and all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, like the royalty, like the last czar of Russia, Romanovs. Yeah. Yeah. Them. Um, so it's, you know, as, as Emma mentioned, she's a spy and it's always difficult to understand her past and like actually knowing what she says is the truth or not. Um, but she has claimed that she is part of the House of Romanov and the legendary family, you know, the, 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 like we mentioned, the last czar of Russia, blah, blah, blah. Um, the one so, that the Anastasia movie by 20th Century Fox is made after. Yes. And the Broadway musical. Um, yes. So, like we said, it's hard to know if this is true. However, of all the lies that she has tactically told about her life, this would be among the strangest. Therefore, it's fully possible that this claim is actually factual. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, remember when I mentioned the relationship in Black Widow? That I don't like this from one. Books. I don't like this one. I don't like it. So she was married once, but you'll never guess to who. Um, in a display of extreme <laughs> Russian patriotism, Black Widow was part of a marriage with fellow operative Alexei Shostakov, who would then become the Red Guardian. <laughs> and the KGB forced the marriage to end. And I hate it so much. Yeah. This one's kind of cool. And this is a great one to end on for her. Yeah. I kind of like this one. So, um, she was once a fashion designer. Yeah. Although she may not be, or excuse me, although she may be one of the best secret assassin spies in the Marvel comic universe, there was once a time when Natasha Romanoff tried to live like an ordinary citizen by taking up a career as a fashion designer. She was, however, unsuccessful in her attempt to live normally, as adjusting to that lifestyle was just too difficult. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. And we're on our last adventure. Yeah. Everybody's favorite himbo. Say it with me now. Thor. Thor. My grandmother's favorite. So, my mom's mother. Quick story. Quick aside with my grandmother. When she came back in March to see my sister in something rotten and to celebrate my mom's birthday and, like, Palm Sunday with us, Mm-hmm. My dad, for that full, like, week and a half, started showing her all the Marvel movies. I think she got... I forget what she got. With me, she watched up to, like, Iron Man... Two, whatever movie... No, Thor. The second Thor. So, like, we had finished... Avengers. Dark World? Yeah, Dark World. I like Dark World. I know you do. So, we're watching it, and I go... And we're about to see something rotten and it's me sean my dad and my grandmother at this bar at this italian restaurant near the high school getting like a drink before the show yeah and i had mentioned to sean how we've been watching the marvel movies because grandma's never seen them and he goes oh which one's your favorite meaning which movie was your favorite 
she's like, oh, Thor, because he's so easy to look at. <laughs> this is her first time meeting Sean, too. Oh, she my gosh. Just like 20 minutes prior, not even. I want to meet your grandma now. And then it that is so awesome. That my grandfather had took her to see it because my grandfather's really into our like family history with being like part Norwegian and all that. And yeah. thought it was going to be about the god Thor and not a Marvel superhero movie. So hold on. Your grandparents mistakenly went to go see the first Thor movie in theaters? Yes. Stop it right now. And that is the cutest thing I have ever heard. Thing back when that movie came out, <laughs> that she did to this day. That's adorable. I love that woman. That is so cute. She yeah. Anyway, this is so awesome. her favorite is Thor because he's so easy to look at. And then she was like, "But Iron Man is a close second because of how funny he is." She liked it. She can try. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay, Grandma. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll 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 teach you the way. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh no!" She watched Ragnarok after I left because she was here for another like week. I didn't watch that many with her because she was like, "It's too bad that he lost his eye." Because man, was he a looker! And this was on Easter Sunday when I called her to wish her a happy Easter. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and this was in front oh of her my three goodness. grandsons and her only grandsons. Oh my gosh. So the oldest is like seven, eight. That's hilarious. The twins turned five in two days. I'm old. So, Thor, Grandma's favorite. Anyway, this is from um, Screen Rant, um, from the article, 15 Biggest Differences Between Thor in the Movies and Comics. And we're only going to talk about 10 of them. So the first one is that Thor has the Odin Force in the comics. Um, there have been hints at the powers that, Odin, um, that keep Odin strong in the MCU, Thor movies, such as when he goes into Odin sleep. However, the real source of his powers was the Odin Force, which was the mystical energy the kings of Asgard used to remain all-powerful. And Odin's sleep was necessary to keep this power charged. Hmm. In the MCU, when Odin died, Thor didn't inherit the Odin Force like he did in the comics when Odin stepped down and gave his throne to the sun. Interesting. Yeah. This next one, we're not going to do because that's it... now false. Yep. So we're only going to do nine of the ten. Sorry, Kara. It was, this article obviously came out before the newest Thor movie and was uh -huh. talking about how there's been only, like, more than one Thor at once. Yep. But now Jane Foster has been yes. Thor. 
Thor had a secret identity in the comics. What? Yes. So, in the force, in the forced what? In the first Thor movie, um, we see him use Donald Blake as the name, and this was an Easter egg, and was the only time that Thor was referenced as um, Donald Blake. However, in the comics, Donald Blake was Thor's sacred identity. He was a doctor who walked with a limp and a cane, but when he was struck his crane, but when he struck his cane on the ground, he would become Thor. Later, it was learned that Odin created Blake as a fake persona, and he and Thor would simply switch places in another realm when the other was active. Thor stopped using Blake's persona, leaving the Doctor in the other realm for years. That's kind of messed up. Yep. Okay, quick aside. I know we have barely talked about Mjolnir, but every time I see it written out, I can only think of the one meme with, um... <laughs> freaking, what's his name? Paul Rudd. When they go, what is the name of Thor's hammer? And he goes, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> so, Thor was powerless without Mjolnir in the comics. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, this was a major disadvantage that Thor had in the comics. Um, since he had his secret identity, he was tied to the one item that allowed them to change places, and this was Mjolnir. So, he had to keep a grasp on the weapon at all times. And if he didn't have the hammer in his hand for a certain amount of time, he would turn back into Donald Blake. Um, Thor was also unable to do much without Mjolnir in the comics as it supplied his power. And that was true for the first few movies. He was like, I am powerless without Mjolnir. And then that stopped. Yeah, and then Mjolnir died. And then we got Stormbreaker, so... Thor is more powerful in the comics. Huh. Like, even more. In fact, like, I know that Ragnarok happened, and that's why he wasn't in Civil War. In the comics, he was just kept out of the Civil War storyline because of his power. Hmm. He single-handedly defeated Galactus in the comics, which I guess is one of his villains making him infinitely more powerful than his movie depiction. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of like that. Kind of like every other person on this list. Thor had lots of girlfriends or significant others in the comics compared to movies. Of course, in the movie, we have Jane Foster. Yeah. In the comics, he was with Jane Foster for a long time, but when that ended, they just became friends. And in more recent comic issues, he has dated She-Hulk most recently, and there have been other women in his past. Interesting. Oh, I'm gonna butcher that name. Okay, this is great. He's definitely a himbo, like, let's be honest. Yeah. Hela is not Thor's sister in the comics. Of course, in the movie, she is, and she's the eldest sister of 
the the two yeah. brothers of um, Loki and Thor. In the comics, Hela- which I was gonna say, which in North Norse mythology, they're actually not brothers. Loki is like Thor's great 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 uncle. Yeah. And like Hela is like their great 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 grandmother or something like yeah. that. But in the comics, Hela is Loki's daughter, um, who he had with a sorceress giant named Angerboda. That was my guess. This makes her, at best, Thor's adopted niece. She also served as the ruler of the underworld of Hell in the comics, giving her a very different origin story than Thor movies. Yeah. And instead of having a sister in the comics, Thor had another brother. Um, one that has never appeared in the MCU. And this brother was Balder the Brave. His history was unique, as the story of Ragnarok prophesied that Balder's death would set the end of times into motion. Um, Interesting. Very different than the Ragnarok that played out in the MCU. Yeah! Balder played many roles in the comics, um, from serving as king of Asgard to dying and setting off Ragnarok, and then returning to help battle in the War of the Realms. But he died! Comic book deaths. Do not exist. Okay. Um, I like this next one. What? I like this next one. Yes. Of course, we already kind of alluded to it because of Donald. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, Thor is smarter in the comics than he is in the Thank- movies. I mean, we love we love the the dum dum that is Thor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But in the comics, while he does have some fish-out-of-water moments on Earth, he's one of the greatest Avengers and is very, a very smart and intelligent warrior, and he stands strong with men like Iron Man and Captain America. Then, last but certainly not least, Thor has been the king of Asgard in the comics. Um, of course, in Endgame, he chose not to lead Asgard and chose a what's-her-name. Valkyrie. Valkyrie as king of Asgard. Um, and he has pushed aside his friends in order to take on this role in the comics and has become a serious and determined ruler of his homeland. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's better. And like, as much as we love Valkyrie as the ruler of New Asgard, like... Yeah. I don't love him just sitting there and being, like, a worthless bum, you know, who just sits around and plays video games all day. Ready for this fandom news? Yeah, I think so. Especially because this first one, like, happened only a couple hours ago after on and off, like, this whole weekend. I saw this! The Tony Awards will air as originally scheduled on June 11th. Now, this was in, like, a toss-up in the air for a while, like, over the weekend because of the Writers Guild strike that's going on right now because um, TV and movie writers wrote or write the script for the Tony Awards. So, with them on strike, it wasn't looking possible. But the Writers Guild has agreed not to pick up the broadcast as their problems are with CBS and not with the Tony Awards committee. Mm -hmm. And will consist of non-scripted segments. 
So people are like, will Ariana DeBose still do it? All this stuff. And I would like to remind people, because I found this out earlier today, that the year that Phantom and Into the Woods were up for their first Tony Awards was also during a Writers Guild strike. Yes, and Angela Lansbury was the host. Yeah. Yes, and this was in the 80s. Yes, I remember I watched a video about this. Yeah, so, like, it's been done before, so people do not freak out about the changing of the Tony Awards for this year. Yes. Um, next we have Jeremy Strong is returning to Broadway and Amy Herzog's new version of An Enemy of the People. The Eat to the Beat concert series is back for the 2023 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival starting on July 27th and ending on November 13th. The lineup is available on the Disney Parks blog because there's like one per every like two days in that like what four month time period. Yeah. Honestly, no one that great. But, whatever. Yeah. I hate the wording of this one. I know it's directly from the Disney because of all the puns. Here we go. Yeah, it's um, directly from the Disney Parks announcement. Yep, I can tell because of the pun. Here we go. World of Frozen at Hong Kong Disneyland opens in November of this year. For the first time in forever, guests will be invited to the Kingdom of Arendelle. I hated saying that sentence. You're welcome. Um, this new land will feature multiple attractions, a unique character experience at Playhouse in the Woods, and will include a restaurant and more. A new dance show called Drive-In and Dance recently debuted in front of Melis Drive-In at Universal Studios Florida. Prima Fasche to be adapted for the big screen, starring Tony Award winner Cynthia Elviro. Arrivo. Why? Cynthia Arrivo. Arrivo, excuse me. She's the one that's playing Alphaba in the Wicked film. Yeah, I know. But why? Prima Fasche. Why? I don't know. Uh, okay. Princess Cruises has announced it will start sailing from Port Canaveral for the first time with its ship, Caribbean Princess, setting sail in 2024. Avatar The Way of Water is streaming on June 7th, only on Disney+. VI Passholder Days will um, begin for a limited time in June, with more details to be announced, but just for Walt Disney World Passholders. Here is a first look of what is coming. A new Passholder Magnet is coming. They're hinting at it, and they're like saying, Imagination and Spark, and I'm like, I swear to God, if you guys send me a Figment Magnet, I am going to scream. But people are now starting I to saw that. I saw you sent me that. You were like, I swear to God. But like people are starting to say, like, we just got a figment one. What if they're throwing us off? We'll see. I, I don't trust Disney just yet. Um, with that. Pass owners will have a limited time exclusive space to rest and cool off with dedicated seating, subject to availability. Passholders can enjoy increased discounts on select merchandise and dining locations. New passholder exclusive treats will be available for purchase. And passholders will also get a chance to capture memories of their latest park visit with two limited time photo ops. Disney Plus will air new special called Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, about the making of season three, starting on uh, June 28th of 2023. 
Universal Studios Japan is losing its web-slinging superhero with the attraction The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, closing at the park early next year. There's no word on what is replacing it yet, but we do know that nearby to the Spider-Man attraction, Terminator 2 3D and Backdrift are also saying goodbye forever at Universal Studios Japan. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, the three attractions. I wonder what they're going to put instead. Maybe a new land, like a like a theme area. I think so because from what I'm from what I heard is that they're all like right mm-hmm. near each other. So I could see them taking it out. Probably just yeah. people me because that's what Universal Studios has been adding to every freaking park. That is my guess. Yeah. That is my guess. Probably because also it's Japan and the minions are cute. Like my hotel, we have a statue of the minions because we like offer shuttles to Universal Studios. And I was like walking out by like one of the pools today and there was just a giant minion statue. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I could work with a giant minion statue staring at me all the time. Well, it's like like a kid size. Oh, it's little. Oh, it's not like a big one. It's smaller than me. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a it, big it's minion statue. Like up to me, like here standing up. Oh, that's little. Okay, well, that's not up. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so bad. No. Okay. Next, we have new season of Loki streaming on October sixth, twenty twenty three. All episodes of Echo will drop on November twenty ninth of twenty twenty three. The first hour. Excuse me. The first four Indiana Jones movies start streaming on Disney Plus on May 31st to prepare for the le- the release of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which comes out on June 30th, and I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm excited that all four of them will be up on Disney Plus beforehand, though. Me too. When we saw the ad before the Guardians movie, Zach goes, don't tell me. I said, that's Indiana Jones. He goes, I said, well, first I went, that's Harrison Ford. I said, I wonder what this movie is. And then they started talking about artifacts, and I was like, wait a second. That's, that's World War II. Have you heard about this? I had not heard about this until now. Or I didn't remember hearing about it until now. That was a year and then, 23 because the guy who just won the Oscar for Best Leading Actor, who was in the original um, Indiana Jones, he and Harrison Ford like, got a picture together because, yeah. I forgot all of that. So anyway, we were watching the ad and I was like, oh my gosh, Harrison Ford, that's odd. And then I was like, oh my gosh, wait, this is the new Indiana Jones movie. And I turned to him and I was like, it's the new Indiana Jones movie. And he goes, they're making another one? And I said, yeah, it looks kind of good. And he goes, he goes. Have you heard the theory about Indiana Jones and Star Wars? That he is Indiana Jones? That it's Hans Beard frozen carbonite dream for those two years he was frozen in carbonite is just the Indiana Jones movies. I love that idea. I love that theory so much because it has no root in anything. Nothing. It's just a, a wild shot in the dark. And I think I think it'd be really funny if he was like, you know, I thought I had this pet one time as Indiana Jones. Yeah. This, this, this bear? I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of a fever dream. 
anyway, that's all we got. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Catastrophe, part part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right, and if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Next week, we will be talking about the historical timeline inside the galaxy far, far away from the first Jedi in existence to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pimitazpod for the latest updates. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? My Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are all at Snippy Emma, W-B-X-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gams? I'm at Gabby Jen pretty much everywhere, and that's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carolyn Meyer. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The music expressed in this episode are not like the benefit they're about. <laughs> <laughs>